What's up everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host Alan Sakyan. Very excited to be talking about what it's like being an international student from the Ukraine. We have Nazar Yermenko joining us on the show. Hello. Hey. Thanks for coming on. Really My appreciate pleasure. it. I'm very grateful that we met at the sure. BioCaptivate event and that you're doing Minerva School work, which is very exciting. For those that don't know, Minerva School is an awesome international school. We had Sidi bin Hassan on the show just uh, two weeks ago, uh, and now we have you. We have Alicia coming up next. Very excited, very excited. You're a freshman from Minerva School, very interested in biology and chemistry, and you can check out Nazar's links below in the bio. Let's start off with, we'll, t we'll talk about everything with, uh, with growing up in Ukraine and becoming an international student. But prior to that, you were born into this interesting playground called Earth. And you see this human experiment happening. There's eight bill, almost eight billion of us. Exponential technologies happening. What is your current take on the state of humanity? Well, um, I think it's the beauty of like being 19 years old that I'm still learning a lot of things. And I am not sure that I have like a complete understanding and like complete um, opinion on what's happening. But I um, like I, I spent 17 years of my life in Ukraine, and um, I think most of the time I was not like fully um, like aware of what is happening, and I would like didn't think too much about the problems, about like what other people are experiencing. But uh, when I moved to San Francisco, and I, when I was um, like started learning a lot of new things, and I uh, like started being surrounded by people from all around the world and they all shared their experiences. Uh, I think my mindset changed a lot. And um, like that was the first time when I actually realized the amount of problems that like humanity has right now. And uh, I realized that like to get some sense of purpose in my life, I have to like choose one of these problems and like maybe integrate it into my life and like set a goal of like contributing to like to solution to this problem. And I, um, like I've known for a long time that I'm interested in biology and chemistry. And I realized that like probably my part in this would be something connected to science and maybe things I can uh, do by using like my knowledge of science. And um, I realized that I'm really interested in um, biology, chemistry, and I would, love, I would love to work like in a lab, maybe do research. And I realized that for me, maybe, I, of course, do not understand all of the problems that humanity has. I like probably like have some existential crisis from time to time that like, oh, like all of these like homeless people in the streets, like maybe I can help. But then I realized that if I want to help, like if I want to actually have an impact, I have to put my like I have to focus on something and I have to like uh, put all of my effort into this. And I realized that science of, is definitely that thing I would be willing to put my effort in. And um, I think that like, I would like to be useful in any of the fields I can uh, solve with science. Like, let it be like food security or, um, I don't know, like drug, re like antibiotic resistance or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure right now, but I think I'm in the process of finding out what my passion is. And I think I will, I will be able to do this throughout my college years. The way that you think about you know, you're born into the world and that you're going to find the most meaning or purpose by finding something that's a problem and dedicating, taking it on and dedicating your life to working in that, in that problem. That's, that's so beautifully said. And it does provide humans with what I think maybe the most meaning in life is doing that process. 
And sometimes that process can even be as simple as you know raising a child. Too. It can be that yeah, yeah. It can be that process and being a good parent. So, all right. So tell us about what it's like being born when ninety two thousand. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, great. So you're born in 2000, crazy, and uh, in Ukraine. Where in Ukraine were you born? Uh, western part of Ukraine. Um, the city next to maybe a bigger city, Ivana Frankivsk, maybe somebody heard, but it's a city called Kalush. It's uh, 60,000 people, 60, roughly. Okay. Um, not the biggest one, not the smallest one, um, like a moderate city. Yes, um, very beautiful, a lot of like a lot of like it's kind of surrounded by mountains like we have Carpathian mountains uh, to the uh, west from us mm -hmm. so I spend a lot of time there with my parents but otherwise it's a nice city I think 60,000 yes. people and so then how did you end up picking up what you were interested in um well my dad um, he's a doctor he's uh, an orthopedian surgeon and um, he never refused to like show me what he's doing and like um, take me to the hospital and take me to his surgeries and I saw a lot of that stuff and I think I've never I've never been afraid of that uh, but um, like the educational system in Ukraine is built in a way that we study a lot of uh, subjects at once so for example like I had like 21 subject and like we have like different classes every day so um, like it was kind of difficult for me to realize at first because maybe in the beginning I was into history but then I liked math but then maybe like in ninth grade I realized that I really enjoy learning biology and chemistry mm -hmm. and that was the time when I started participating in the Olympiads and I really like I realized that it was my passion to learn this and like most of the people when they were learning like biology or chemistry they're really bored and like um, saying that like it's not interesting not useful but for me it was actually like pleasure and I mm -hmm. spent a lot of spent a lot of time doing that just like um, like for the sakes of like I don't know pleasure and like when I had free time so um, I, I think like I, at that time I realized that I maybe want to be a doctor maybe want to be something connected to biology chemistry not entirely sure but I knew it was going to be in that direction but there was like a lot of pressure from my family because uh, we have like doctors in my family and uh, I knew that it would not be a problem for me to become a doctor um, and like find a job and like go to go to the university because my grades were pretty good so I knew it like it would be for free so I didn't um, I thought a lot about that but then like when I got accepted to Minerva I made my decision that I'm not going to uh, go to medical school because I knew it's really expensive firstly it, um, I'm okay still I'm not entirely sure maybe like maybe my life will take like an expected turn and I will realize that I want to do that but uh, right now I think that I will not because of, like of the uh, expenses and uh, because all of because it's really difficult to be like international student in medical school unless like you have a good like background and you have um, resources to do that. Um, so right now I'm not sure that we'll do that. I'm more inclined towards um, research or um, uh, any kind of lab experience. And I think that's the thing I'm interested in the most right now. So then take us to, you know, your, your, you have a father that's an orthopedic surgeon, so that's obviously helping you get interested in the biology, chemistry side of things as well. And so you're picking what you're, what you're interested in, you're competing in Olympiads. So what is this like, you know, what is the, like, what is the political and economical and social fabric like 
in the 60,000 person city and you know becoming a, a, a top level student teach us about that yeah sure um, it's I have like a lot of thoughts on that and um, I think it's nobody really cares that much about like actual prof professional development and like their uh, lifelong goals or like long-term goals it's more like the people who win Olympiads, they have more like prestige in the city. The people who like people who live, uh, win Olympiads, they uh, like the ones who like win national Olympiads. They have uh, like monetary rewards. Um, they get like extra points through their final exams. They have more chances to like study in the uh, in a good university without paying. So uh, and it's like a lot of you know like this um, competitive spirit. And um, for me, it was like that initially. I thought that. I uh, like I just I did it for just because my teachers made me or just like I uh, I wasn't that interested. But then like in like tenth grade I think I realized that it actually is something I really enjoy, and um, I started participating only in the Olympiads I was interested in, and there were like a kind of Olympiads where I had just like I I just had to like um, like they were testing my theoretical knowledge like just like some tests and. Um, maybe like other things without like without any practice, but also I was participating in um, minor uh, Academy of Sciences uh, of Ukraine, which is like you have to make you have to create a scientific project and you have to participate uh, and like present your project and then like you also have to take tests in different subjects and that was like much more interesting for me because it was actually like involving something uh, practical. But the problem was that I uh, like I'm from the I'm from I wouldn't say I'm from a small school. It's it's pretty big school, but um, I wouldn't say like that I had um, a lot of support in like a practical sense. I think my teachers were really smart and like really nice. They were really helpful, but there were certain things I, they couldn't teach me like about like experimental design or like because th these things are like they're not taught, taught in Ukraine and I never knew about them. And there were certain things uh, like about like, like, you know, subtle things about the Olympiads or like project development that they could not teach me and I had to do a lot of things on my own and I wouldn't say I had a lot of support in that because I like why would I ask a person who doesn't know how to do this like to help me I just can learn myself and I can um, do things so for example like how to like conduct an interview or how, or how to like assign control groups like do sampling all of this all of these things things and I think it took a lot of uh, self-learning although my teacher um, was really 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 helpful and I think as soon as I started like winning Olympiads and like getting um, like first, second, and third place and regional and national Olympiads, um, like my status in my city like grew a lot. And um, like I was perceived as like, oh, he's like winning a lot of Olympiads. But still, um, I wouldn't say that at that point I had a lot of like thoughts about like my long-term goals or like short-term go goals I was just like doing that because I liked it and now I, I, I kind of regret not like doing some like finding this specific interest and like working in that direction because I, um, I like my interests were really dis dispersed and they were not like focused and uh, although it was a great experience I didn't I don't think that I um, I got too much from that except for like maybe I don't know like things for my resume but um, that was a great experience. I think I did not regret spending like almost all of my time on that, and it certainly like brought a lot of attention to me, and certainly um, brought like a lot of at the same time responsibility to me that like 
people were expecting certain things from uh, me participating in those Olympiads, but I think it's just for my benefit because I probably like developed that responsibility in academic terms and like personal responsibility as well. Yeah, you have to teach yourself what you're not learning from the from the teachers, from the yeah. parents, from the community, and that's that's hard to figure out what exactly that is. When you, especially when you may not have an exact focus of a problem that you may want to solve right away. What was the science project that you did for the academy? Oh yeah, sure. So, uh, all, like one of my pictures is about that. Uh, okay. It's like it's kind of it's a funny story because when I was in tenth grade, uh, that I was Which doing. Picture? I think it's a third. The third one? Okay. No, 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 not the third one. The fourth one. Fourth the one. Four, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, like, in, when I was in ninth and tenth grades, I was uh, doing a like project con like connected to water safety in my city, and I was like uh, testing a lot of like different water samples, like bottled water, like waters from the taps, from the wells in my city, mm -hmm. and that was really boring, and I didn't like. That was like it was a really poor project. I still got like maybe. Third, no, it was the second place in the original Olympiad, but still, I felt like I had a lot of like space for development, and I changed my topic to another one in eleventh grade, and I found this um, interesting thing in the uh, science fair um, website, and there was like the about the impact of detergents on uh, organisms, and I. Um, and I decided to test how like different detergents impact. Uh, organisms in the soil Absolutely. because like most of the waste goes to the soil and it uh, like maybe 20% of that does not fully go away it just stays there and um, I wish I could use the terms I used in my project but I am not entirely sure how to translate them into English so um, I, uh, I, 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 I took different samples of the soil and I uh, took four different types of detergent um, like half of them were claiming that they're like environment uh, safe for the environment yeah, yeah. half of them were not and I was uh, do doing different like dosages and I was mixing them with soil and I was trying to grow pea plants in them and then I was like uh, watching how uh, Californian worms were behaving in different like dosages of these uh, detergent detergents in the soil and then I was like um, doing statistical analysis like correlation and that's a funny picture because like this is my sister she was helping me it was like all in my basement like that's my great. like my knowledge was like really poor and I knew nothing about like sampling or like study replication and I um, and maybe it was not that hard like on a local or like even the regional regional level but then when I came to the national competition most of my competitors they were collaborating with like the best labs in the Ukraine and like had mentors like like professors from the universities and their projects were so much better like I uh, I felt like insecure about what I did because it was literally in the basement of my house and like not fully adhered to the principles of like sure. uh, like experimental design but I think I, I, I did a good job in like presenting myself in a proper way like to, like using my charisma probably and like pointing out the the problems in because like you know when we listen to others um, projects we, we we could raise a hand and ask a question so I was doing everything to like make sure that their projects like the, the flaws in their projects were highlighted where and you know like usually it's the case that people just get their projects from the mentors and they like do not do themselves like do not mm -hmm. do a lot of things themselves so they cannot fully like present them and they do not know all of the like subtle things but um, I knew like 
everything about my project. So everything they were asking me, I could answer. That's great. And I like presented myself. Yeah, I, I was like really confident in myself, and I um, I did a lot, a really good job, and like in a theoretical part of that, and I um, I got a second place, which was really like strange <laughs> I did not expect that at all and I was like really proud of myself because all of those people who um, like had beautiful experiments and like great projects they didn't like actually like were like ended up below me so I still like have to uh, get my um, like I think they are paying me like three hundred three hundred dollars or something like that I still have to go back to Ukraine and get them because I left as soon as they were I left from Minerva as soon as they started sending the money and they couldn't send it to my parents so I'm <laughs> excited about that <laughs> but that was an interesting interesting experience and it was probably like the only like the, the time when I realized that I get like a sense of purpose from do like from actually discovering things like in like the interaction between humans and nature and maybe like l drawing some uh, like potential consequences of that and um, I realized that I really enjoy doing that and I really would love to do that like in maybe more controlled environment with a person who actually knows what they're doing. And that was, that was a really like, probably the like, experience which proved for me that I'm interested in that and I really like biology and chemistry and I would love to pursue that in future. You, you, you give us this really powerful way of understanding doing a science experiment which is, if there's a method where you have a mentor do a lot of the work and you kind of don't really maybe get, you can't talk about the subtleties like you were saying about the work versus even if you do that in a lab, it doesn't matter. But if you, you do it in your basement, wherever you end up doing it, if you do a majority of the hands-on work and understand the experiment, understand the subtleties and you're able to talk about it and answer the hardest questions, like you were trying to ask them hard questions to see if they knew, right? Um, I'm glad that you had that full hands-on experiment. You actually pointed out something else interesting, which is there's, with this experiment, you learn that certain companies are gonna market certain things that you're trying to validate if it's true or not. Because a lot of marketing and propaganda is just for selling things, consumerism, instead of truth. What did you discover? Were the two that you tested that were environmentally friendly and two that were not what did the pea grow in the ones that were environmentally friendly uh actually yes they grew better um because like uh i think that like the the major difference was like in folks like phosphates and um like they are known to like bring the most consequences to the environment like as this like as a part of uh, detergents and because they did not contain those uh like the pea plants and like uh, grew better and the more californian worms uh like stayed alive but I do not think that I can like make uh, solid conclusions of because of that, because more of testing. like more testing, no like replication. My sampling was not the best. I um, like the environment was like changing because of the like my uh, like my basement was not fully isolated. Yeah, yeah. And like that was a lot of things I should have done yeah, differently. Yeah. But still, like even even doing that, I saw like there was a difference and like yes. there was a correlation between like the uh, like the dose of the detergent and the um and the like growth rate of the pea plant but like i cannot s fully say there was like a causation like oh, it was a correlation but i don't have enough like evidence to say that like yeah, actually yeah. cost 
the different growth rates. But I think, yeah, I, maybe I will come back to that when I come back. Because my sister, she's 12 now, and she is also interested in biology and uh, ecology. And I think maybe cool. we can do it again. Maybe we can improve the experiment. We can actually like do something yeah. differently. And like, I can bring my knowledge I got from Minerva this year and um, help her out with that. Maybe like I will be her mentor or something like that. And you, you, you do think that it might be related to the detergent not having phosphates. That may be yeah, the reason. Maybe, yeah. Okay. And then, so Ron just had a couple photos up. He had the photo of your mom and dad up. Actually, this is, where were you guys? This is in France? No, where it's in Vienna. It's in Vienna. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. And then, so, so dad, orthopedic surgeon, yeah. mom. She is uh, an accountant in the same hospital. An accountant in the same hospital. Okay, very cool. And then one other sis sister. You had a sister too growing yes, up. Yes, yes, she's Much 12. Tw younger, 12, okay. And then the, we haven't shown the first picture yet, which, <laughs> which we really like. The first picture is great. So this is you. How old were you in this, in this picture? I think I was... I think I was like eight years old or like seven, eight years old. So like the reason why I chose this picture is because like... You're so adorable. <laughs> no, not really. I love it. No, but well, it's a nice picture. But like, uh, like a part of my childhood was that I think I had a lot of attention from my parents and all of like, like all of my relatives basically. And I remember like my grandma took me to this um, photo place where they took a picture of me and then somehow it ended up like, you know, like they have this... Um, like a place where they put their best pictures and this like this photo place was like in the center of my city and they put my picture picture there and I stayed there for like five years so like even when I was like 14 years old I still could see, I, I still could see that and like a lot of people were making fun of me but like the, the thing why I chose this picture is like I think at that time was like the part when I actually um, when my parents like played the, the most important role if in my like while bringing me up they um, they were like they put a lot of pressure on me in terms of academics yeah. and I remember even like before I came like I uh, started uh, I, like I started my primary school I already had like all of the notebooks I was already like learning how to like calculate things like I started reading when I was four and they were like really really serious about that I remember like I was like nine years old I was like in third grade I like can re vividly remember my mom like tearing my notebooks apart when I had bad grades and she was like like I couldn't like leave my house unless like I did everything perfectly like we have a 12 grade system yeah and like as soon as I got like 10 like not a level 11 or 12 like my mom got really really mad and I was really scared so like it sounds horrible it sounds like I was abused or something <laughs> but I'm incredibly grateful for to totally. my friends yeah because I feel like if they didn't do this to me I wouldn't be like even 10% as responsible as I am right yes, now yes. with right. my academics. I deserved yeah. every beating I got by my mother. She kicked the living shit out of me and I'm a better person today because of that. That's, that I think I'm, I also I also agree with that. And I think- like, We don't really fully recognize the what our parents do for us until we become a little older. And then we are very, very grateful a lot for, for some of the things that they yeah. teach. And I can already see a difference because my sister, she, I, I don't think they put as much effort in that. Like they, they do not, like I, I've heard my mom like yelling at her because of like bad grades maybe two times in my life. Whereas for me it was like two times per day. Per so, day. So uh, I, I think, and, and uh, she's not as like even like 10% as responsible as me. She's like, oh, it's fine. Like she's definitely not like stupid or anything. Yeah. She's, I, I love her a lot. I think she's, she's really great for her age. Like she's much more mature than her peers. 
but she definitely doesn't care about uh, education as much as I do. She's just like, like it's fine, it's fine. She, I have to force her in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's the difference in like the way our parents brought us up. <laughs> Probably just like I don't know, got lazy as they were, like. I don't know, as I was growing up and they didn't, like they probably were not expecting to be like, to put as much effort in her as they put in me because I was the first child. So yeah. Nizar, what's, ha what's happening in the, you know, the fabric of Ukraine? So teach us about this. So your mom and dad are both working in the city, um, 60,000 people. You know, you and your sister are growing up. The political sphere is a little bit, it's a little bit crazy like socio how's how's like the economics of like people do they have enough money for you know for their rent and their food and their you know and um like what was going on with the russia intervention in in, in crimea and stuff like that that seems like it was causing a crazy amount of of global energy from that yeah sure so i think up until 2014 uh before like the political thing with russia started i think that I like there. There's a lot of like, um, like you know, social economical in, uh, inequality in Ukraine, and people who have money, they have like more access to better education, to better schools, to better uh, like level of education, like overall. And I think that 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 is the thing which um, made me sad in many different ways because we I had I had a lot of smart friends. I had a lot of friends who if they were born in a better time in a better place like they would they would i think they would be famous because like because of how smart they are and um it's just a matter of information access and uh in like where you like where you live and what school you're going to yeah. because for example if i didn't find out about like the, the, the exchange program i went to i would never know about like Nineveh, i would never know about like bigger communities i would never know about uh, different things i know now and um like we don't have a lot of like access to like exchange programs, like um, conferences, like global problems. I don't know coding. Like not no nobody cares about that just because nobody talks about this. Mm -hmm. And I feel it largely depends on the where you come from because people who have like better access, like better access to like like gymnasiums or like uh, like like higher quality schools, they they definitely have access to that. So I feel like it's it, it's a little bit sad, and I um, didn't really. Like I'm glad that I had an opportunity to like go to the United States and explore, but when the um, intervention of Russia started, I don't think that my city got really uh, affected by that because we live like an opposite on the opposite mm -hmm. side of Ukraine, and uh, it only uh, touched um, the people who, like the guys who were like 18 to 20, like five years old, and when they were summoned by mil mil military and they had to like go to the Eastern Ukraine and fight. Was and everyone that was 18 to 20 or was it half of the 18 to 20? You know, like it's, it's a really, um, uh, I'm not sure because I, I was like 14 at that time, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of people were uh, like got their, um, I'm not drafted sure, in, drafted, drafted, yeah, yeah, like this ladder. But um, uh, a lot of people tried to escape that and try a lot of people, Wow. you know, there's, it's one thing when some like when we fight for like something we really care about like for for example when we had the uh like revolution in kiev when like before when the like yanukovych like the president who refused to uh like he didn't refuse to sign the paper which basically could put ukraine into um like like as a part of europe and like make us more developed and like get like better connections with europe 
he decided not to do that because he chose to like collaborate with Russia and a lot of people disagree with that and they had a sense of purpose to like to go to Kiev and actually like send there yeah. and prove something but like in eastern Ukraine it really lo it lost um, its purpose really like fast because they've been fighting over like nothing for like the last two years like there's literally nothing left in eastern Ukraine and still a lot of people go there and like and they die I think maybe a month ago my mom like went to a funeral because like a guy who was like 19 years old he got shot by a sniper and um like sh and there like there's a lot of things happening like people hate like a lot of people hate our current president and we actually have elections tomorrow so i'm not sure how it's going to turn out but um, for the presidential slot? yeah presidential elections are wow. happening tomorrow so um and that's a four is that a four-year position yeah yeah. yeah. Not is there a term limit? Two term limit? Two terms, yeah. Two Only terms. two terms. And uh, not entirely sure how it's going to turn out, but not, I, I don't think my city got really affected besides those people who d didn't have an opportunity to like, somehow escape or who actually wanted to go there. Because unfortunately, going to Eastern Ukraine became like a job because people get much better paid there. In Eastern Ukraine? I'm not, it's not even like Eastern Ukraine. It's just like... Military, mil military, mil yeah, military. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they they hey, get yeah. m they get paid like maybe f four times. It's like wow. people who work just on like regular jobs. jobs. Too. So it was not a, like a matter of patriotism or like Damn. purpose. It was just because yeah. people wanted to earn money. Money. So and and then is um, is the po political party like kind of like a two party system and is it kind of like a conservative and a progressive party or what is it like? You know, tell, tell us about. I don't that. think so. I, I yeah. don't think that. It, I I don't think there's like the, this huge distinction. We have parties, but they. Uh, I never heard that they had like they just, you know, like they feed us with all these like we are gonna do this and this like your life is gonna get much better. There are of course like more like radical parties. Yeah. Like and they're like their campaigns are like ridiculous. Like you, I, I sometimes read them and I'm, I'm I, I both like want to laugh and cry because some like the uh, like they say like fem feminism like is the death for the Ukrainian family and like all of these like things you know it's just ridiculous and I, I don't think a lot of people support them so they I don't really care because I know they're never gonna like get any power because people are not that like outdated but um, it's not like the parties have their strong like position and like like republican or democratic it's not like that it's just yeah. like who, who who gives better promises and who yeah it's yeah. it's i don't think it's like that yeah. it's that way all across the board yeah, if you yeah. travel to each country and met the government of each country you're going to meet the same people it's the same collective soul yeah. that are governing us we need to go beyond that self-governance lose our quest to be led or rule or governed so keep up the good work Nazir we're all counting on you and then what about the so then you you were teaching us about these the exchange programs right you learn that these exchange programs exist and then the one was in DC right one of them was there mm, okay so this was like Future Leaders Exchange Program. Future, it, Future Leaders Exchange, exchange Pro Program. It exists in uh, post-Soviet Union countries. It was created okay. like 30 years ago when Soviet Union uh, collapsed, and um, they like, I think it was U.S. Department of State decided to like uh, take some of the people from these countries and bring them to the United States to like culturally integrate them um, to like prevent like wars or like you know like future misunderstandings between these countries because like of course if you like bring people together and they find like they actually start collaborating uh 
like the international relations like get much better and like and um, we have a lot of like I think every year 250 people from Ukraine go there so it's like already like how many generations went there like thousands of people and it creates these like bonds between countries yes. and um, like international relations like become much better as I have said but yes, um, yes. I initially uh, when, I, when I was in sixth grade I um, I found out about this program and I found out that they sent 250 students to one of the U, uh, U.S. states, and um, you live in a host family for a year. You go to high school, you uh, live like a typical American um, teenager, and um, it's completely free. And they pay you like $150 stipend just for your like personal needs, wow. or like once a month, I think. But like it's other a year-long program. Yeah, and okay. otherwise during high school. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, for ninth and for like. Fresh, for uh, high school sophomores and freshmen, um, it, and I participated in ninth grade. I didn't win at that time, but then I tried again in tenth grade, and then, then I passed to the last round. And they, like you know, they have this, like they choose two hundred fifty uh, students who are going to go for sure, and they choose fifty alternative finalists yeah. who are going to go if the students decide not to. Um, like go and they just like put them on their place. Yeah. And I was one of the alternate candidate candidates. And it was funny because I was the last alternate candidate who was chosen to be a finalist. So I basically the last finalist from Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So it was like a matter of luck and I was really happy to go. So yeah, yeah and I, I yeah. my Wh parents were, yeah. Where did you go? Which state? Michigan. You went to Michigan? Yeah. Oh, and that's why you have the pictures of Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's, yeah, let's, let's pull those, let's pull those pictures of Chicago up. So you had one in front of the bean. bean. Yeah. yeah, but the last one is actually from this year. Uh, and I, this is from this, this is a skyline picture, This one right? is from this year. This, oh, this one one's is, from this year. Yeah, it okay. was like from a two month ago. Oh, from two months ago, you yeah. revisited. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the family, you revisited the family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, the f go, um, Ronnie, hit us with that one with the bean. Yeah, the third one, yeah, that one. So then one more back, I think. Yeah, one more back. Yeah, this one. So this is you in 10th grade. Uh, yes, I and was I was six I was seventeen actually I just 17. turned seventeen that month. And who are you with? Uh, it's one of my best friends, uh, Christina, cool. and Christina. she she lived in Wisconsin. We are from the same generation. Yeah. And uh, my, my my host mother, she was a like amazing woman. She um, she took me like I, I cannot describe how how great she was. Uh, she was really supportive. Like. Uh, not because that she took me like to different cities. Like I didn't, even if she didn't, I would still love her a lot. But because is she that was the people that's in the fifth photo is the host. Oh uh, no, that's no, not no, them. no. Okay, yeah, okay. she took a picture. Like she took this picture. Oh, she took. But this where I'm leading, that she, um, she so we knew. Could, we could see her, maybe no. Um, I am not sure. Actually. Okay. I don't okay. see her here. And she, um, she found out that I have a friend from Wisconsin, and she suggested to, to like go to Wisconsin, pick her up, and to take us yeah. to Chicago. And she took us like, f and we spent three days there. And she paid like for us for everything That's for so city nice. pass. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't say that she's like rich or wealthy. She's like yeah. she's a single mom. She like has a, like adopted child with uh, with Down syndrome. And um, she's a music teacher, wow. uh, so of course she has like enough money to live. But she, I, I don't think that anyone else in this like position would like just 
give money to exchange students and take them to different cities. And that was not the only time. Unless they have a very good soul, you she, know. She's amazing. Yeah. Like she adopted two child children. She, wow. like, she, yeah. she's amazing. I really, she was a great support for me. And even like after that, she took two of my other friends who stayed in Michigan as well in South Carolina, and she took us to all all the way down to Florida. Like she drive, she drove there, and um, she, we stayed in hotels. She paid for everything. It just we paid for like Orlando Harry Potter Park. We went there together. And we had just to pay for our tickets, but otherwise she paid for everything, and that was an amazing time. And like, I I really appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then the exchange program you did for a year. Mm -hmm. Okay, in, in Michigan, and then then you came back and you were succeeding at the Olympiads and everything, and then you decided that you wanted to apply to Minerva schools. And Minerva School's acceptance rate is extremely low. Yeah. There's only like 150 kids per class that get in, and it's an international school. You, were, you guys were teaching me earlier that you come to San Francisco for your first year, and then you spend one semester in Seoul and... and, and India, India, and then Berlin, and then Argentina, and then uh, in Taipei, Taiwan, and then in London. That's yeah. so awesome. That's so, yeah. so awesome. What a cool way to like learn about the cultures around the world and okay so then how did you end up figuring out that Minerva schools is what you wanted to do and that that's how you you know decided to apply and then all of a sudden you're here so yeah, I yeah I found out about Minerva like very randomly I was just scrolling through my feed in Instagram I think like at 2 a.m. in the night it was like I think it was August of 2016 and I, I just like randomly saw, saw one of my friends and uh, like I think she posted something in her Instagram story and I like replied to her and she, t she told me that she was um, like preparing her application materials for Minerva and I was like what is Minerva and she told me about that and I researched and I got really excited. I, uh, I, uh, okay. I realized that um, that's a school I'm, I would love to study in and like the, the whole concept was so interesting for me. But I didn't have any hope. I just, I, I saw the acceptance rate and I just, I, I said, oh, okay, I will just apply. Like, you know, nothing bad can happen. And I uh, chose the binding enrollment, which is like, if you, if you get accepted, you have 10 days to decide. And uh, you, you cannot like, you cannot go to apply to any other university. So uh, I think it was October 10th. Um, and I received my, um, like I received my email about the, like about the decision. And I remember it was like also 2 a.m. or something. And I, I heard my, like this, the noise of like, you know, when email, uh, uh, like when you get a mail from somebody. And I, I got really, I, I didn't think it was my decision. I was just, I, I just thought it was something from like Flex or something like that. And I got out of my bed and I checked and I saw it was from Minerva. And then I checked and I opened and they like, it doesn't just like give you a letter. They like, you open it and there's like a video, which, it was really confusing at that time because I was really like surprised and then like the letter appeared and I realized that I got accepted I was like I was shocked like I'm like I couldn't like type my like my hands were shaking wow. but then I woke my parents up and they like, they didn't really realize what happened and they just probably realized like a, like weeks after but then I didn't really get I didn't like tr I, I, I tried to not get too excited because I knew that I haven't received my financial aid back yeah yeah so I had to like uh, I, if I didn't get a, a financial aid, I would probably not be able to study totally, Minerva. Totally. So I, I still risk, took a risk and I um, paid money for enrollment. 
and I was waiting for my financial aid. There was a lot of struggles with that, but in the end it was okay, and I, I, I realized that I'm wow. going to um, go to Minerva, and that was, that was, I think, was one of the happiest moments of my life when I, I got it. the letter, but then, like, it was really interesting. And now you're with 150 kids in your class that are 19 from around the world. And what is it like, you know, you're in, you know, you're in San Francisco now, it's going to change as you go from city to city, but you stay with the same 150 students. Yes, yes. You're doing, you do online courses, so you have, um, you have, you have online, online courses just like an online school, but at the same time, you're, you know, interestingly, your classroom is just full of yeah. people from around the world. So, yeah, so tell us about what this is like. For um, you. Thanks, Ron. So it's, um, it's interesting. It, like we all live in the same space, so although they are all from the different like from different parts of the world, like I can see like their backgrounds, and I know they're like two floors above me or something like that. So I, um, it's it's a great experience. I a lot of people when they hear online school, they like they take it not seriously, but uh, like it's all life, and like our professor, um, in like, asks us a lot of questions. We work in groups. We answer the polls. We um, like it, there's a lot of activity, and if you come to the class unprepared, you will definitely not be able to go through the class because of the amount of times the teacher will ask you like directly, and it's not like that you can just come unprepared. Like we have a lot of preparation for each class, and yeah. it's like basically self-teaching because we discuss a lot of things, and um, we just like get some feedback during the class. Yeah, and uh, the assign we don't have tests, so we have like the assignments a lot of them are location based so we have to go out of, like to the city and work with like go to like different places that's great and give us some examples of where you go out oh, in the city for example like in like the last year we uh, were learning about utopia and like dystopia in yeah. multimodal communication course and we had to choose one of the um attract like one of the sites in san francisco and we had to go there and observe it for five hours, like see how people interact with it, and write like a 1,500 paper uh, words paper about uh, what elements of utopia and dystopia this place bears. So, like for example, like a week ago, I had to make a survey um, in the city, uh, and I had to like uh, cr like create a hypothesis about why people age. And like for example, my mm. hypothesis was that like people like who uh, like if there is a correlation between like the amount of time, like amount of time people use social media and mm. amount of like times they exercise, like for example, if they use social media more exercise less, mm. then like they have mm -hmm. are more prone for like certain diseases and they have like l lesser life expectancy. Mm -hmm. So I had to go and ask a lot of people and like make them take the survey and, and that, that like involves a lot of, um, a lot of engagement of this with the city and it's that's like the great. same with every city so, so there's project-based assignments yeah. that you go out into the city yes that's so great that hands-on like uh experimenting and hypothesis and testing this is so so important yeah now now with um what have you learned from the other students from around the world that you get to hang out with oh like a lot of things like i i i think i discover a lot of amazing things and um especially with like the people I hang out more with. Uh, like I have two best friends, like uh, a guy from uh, Uruguay and a girl from Hungary. And we like travel a lot together. And it was really interesting for me to find out about like the things which happen in their countries. Yes. Like the things which like are happening in Hungary right now with like the di dictatorship. And I never, like I never knew about that before. And like I never knew a lot about Uruguay. And um, yeah. I, I, I don't think I have like certain examples 
about, they're just like a lot of mesmerizing things. Like for example, I never knew, like Alicia told me like uh, two weeks ago that for example in China, a lot of like they don't usually use like cash money and like even the people, like the homeless people, they have like QR codes yeah, yeah. to like ask for money. And I was like, that's so that's interesting. Crazy. Like, you know, yeah, I yeah, never yeah. like, I never even like have an idea about this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, like never had idea and I, I know that there's so much more to learn from those people and that's like I think that's the best part about living with people yes. from like 50 countries yes, yes. and um, they are all different they all have, like, have beautiful personalities every every week we have Minerva talks so people from like like present their own uh, like pr like present themselves and then we have like uh, 10 ones where like people present their countries so it's like a lot of new information and like great time so Minerva Talks is where you guys give presentations about your upbringing and, and, and who you are to yes. the rest of the class. Yes. Oh, such a good idea. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And we have that every every week. And every we week. just like have to sign up. And, and then there's like five presentations or oh, something. Oh, not, not really. Ten. It's No, no, not really. It's every week, it's one person. because oh, we have one Because person. we have five years, oh, four years. So oh, like, you're four years. And oh, yeah, like yeah. every week, it's, I think oh, it's going to be enough. Oh, every week can be one yeah. person. Yeah, 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 that's true. Interesting. Um, that's that's so cool. I love I love the way that that you um, that you explain that if you have a friend from a different part of the world, and you ask them questions about who they are, what their life was like, you can learn so much about yeah. the world through their experiences around the world. And it's much, I think it gives you a deeper potentially source of information than just reading an article about about something, about some part of the world. You can get that first-hand experience uh, from someone else, and I think that's very beautiful. And then, okay, so it's interest in biology and chemistry, just exploring, continuing to explore. One of the things you mentioned at the very beginning was very cool was that you wanna find the problem, and you wanna work towards it every single day. That's a very beautiful thing that will definitely bring lots of meaning, purpose in, in, in life. What would you say has been a big takeaway for you in this generation. You know, you're born in 2000. You have, you've had the phone since you were a kid. You know, you've had access to the internet since you were a kid. So, to the unlimited amount of information, what do you think has been a big takeaway for you growing up in the, with your generation in this age? Um, well, I think that all of us are really privileged to have like access to the information we have. And like, for example, my dad kept telling that to me a lot when I was a kid that when he was like 10 or like 15 years old, he had to go to the library and like learn a lot, a lot about things just like from limited sources. And now like that I have so many opportunities, it's, I feel like the biggest takeaway is that a lot of people misuse and uh, they do not take the full advantage of what they have. And uh, especially back in my city, people mostly use internet for social media and like wasting their time watching mm. YouTube. But then there's so much more than that. Yes. And um, all of the like internships I'm looking for, all of the information I find, all of the like things which, which are interesting for me, it just takes like five seconds to Google it. And I, I, I realized that maybe like three or two years ago that I, sh I don't want to lose this opportunity and I don't want to, um, I don't want to, I want to take a full advantage of the like access I have. And I've been like looking for all of the um, conferences about like opportunities in my country and uh, like even organizing projects. It's so much easier now to like involve people because of, I, because of the access to social media and I can like gather so many people and I can yeah. share the ideas so much easier. And yes, um, yes. like 
I, I think it's it's beautiful that I have this opportunity, and it's really sad that people do not really use it. Like maybe yes. in in the United States, they kind of some of the people do, but in Ukraine, not at all. And I feel like there's there's a lot of things to explore. There's a lot of things to share. And um, I feel like I never knew about coding, and I, I thought like I had a lot of misconceptions about like coding. And now I understand such an interesting thing, and yes, I can go yes. back to Ukraine and like make a small workshop, which can like yes. change like pe lives, lives yes, of yes, many yes. people. Yes. And that's uh, I think it's really it's amazing that I can like I have this opportunity. That's the way to use technology. You go and learn about a skill. You set up a, a a group where people can come and learn about that skill. That's a great way to use it. And the, there's a lot of distractive things that are that are uh, edging into that we need to push away and focus on what the signal is. Are you? Do you have any concerns about artificial intelligence or synthetic biology or brain computer interfaces or any of those things? And do you think that the Generation Z can can uh, tackle the, those challenges? Um, well. Of course, like I, I don't think that I, like I constantly think about them, just, like simply because I feel like there's there are much more more serious problems which are approaching, and like I think they should be uh, cared about the most right now. But of course, like I which ones? Which ones? Are I, I don't know, like global warming, climate, that, yeah, climate change, mm -hmm. and like food security, mm. and like overpopulation, and like antibiotic resistance. Um, mm, that's mm. like these other things which are like sometimes terrify me mm -hmm. but um, I, of course I think that yes there are potential risks and um, <laughs> even in Minerva we had like this part when we were uh, thinking like what we were discussing whether cloning is ethical or not mm -hmm. and I thought a lot about this and I realized that yes there are risks but risks like there would be in any like in any case they are everywhere and it's and I think I can participate in like mitigating these risks when I like actually have an opportunity when I actually become a like a part of the network of people who Love um, yeah. like have control over certain things. And I don't think I, I can like do a lot now because <laughs> there's yeah, yeah. there's no, like no too much like dangers from like from the things people are doing right now with science. But of course, it can go wrong easily. Yes. And um, I don't want to discuss like the problems which are not like impacting a lot of people right now. It's and interesting that you put food security um, as a more of a major problem than like AI and synthetic biology and stuff like that. That's well, very right, interesting. Yeah. Right, right yeah. now, yes, of course. Like maybe maybe in future that will be much interesting, like much more serious problem. But like That's I don't important. think that more yeah. people are dying because of that artificial intelligence right now That's than correct. of food security. Yeah. So I think like we have to like tackle the problems which are feasible right now yeah, yeah. instead of thinking how can we solve the problems which will happen like in 50 years because why would we do this we should like who knows if Very we will who, yeah. who knows if we will survive until like 2050 if we keep like doing the things we are doing right now so what's the we reason yeah. we have to grow up ethically and morally in many ways yeah. there's our couple questions okay yeah sure first question is are we alone in the cosmos <laughs> Well, I, I, don't, I, I really don't think so. Like, even like thinking about the probability, what is the like, what are the chances that only like out of the million, like billions and millions of like stars in the universe we are not aware of, that we are the only ones? And I really think that we are not alone. I, I, I also don't think that we will, I will be in the generation which discovers the, the things uh, like the extraterrestrial life. 
because I, I think that we are not at the part of the progress which will allow us to like take the I don't know the full potential of like the solar energy to like fly mm -hmm. that far away. But I think that we are. I, I, I tend to believe that we are not alone because mm. like thinking about that just <laughs> slightly gives me anxiety and like <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. So I, I I prefer to believe that we are not, and maybe like my grandchildren will yeah, yeah. will be witnesses of like some other forms of life. And then the next question is, do you believe we are in a simulation? Oh, that's also an interesting question. Like, I, I think I, a month ago I was discussing this with my friend that like, that would be interesting if we were just like an experiment of like some <laughs> more like developed <laughs> uh, civilization. Yeah. And you know, like, I'm, I think that I, yeah, certainly sometimes I think about this, but like, even if no matter, no matter what we are and like, even if I am a part of a simulation, it's it's up to me how I live in this simulation, and I still have to work, and I still have to yeah, like yeah. do the best I can to like get like to the goals I want to achieve. Still want to level up. Still, yeah, yeah. still want to perform well in the simulation. Yes. <laughs> so I don't think I can do a lot of, you know, I can cannot like impact that a lot. So there are certain things I I just want to like. They're they're hard to grasp with my mind. They're certainly interesting, but I don't think they're worth of worrying about at this point of my life. And the last question is, what do you think is the most beautiful thing in the world? Mm. What is the most beautiful thing in the world? I, at this point, I, I really, I don't think that I know a lot simply because I'm 19. I can just like judge based on my experience. But like the like genuine human relations, which bring so much emotions and like um, mm. events to our lives, it's really beautiful that like every year I have I'm surrounded by different people, and every year these people bring different things to my life, and like even interactions with like with my parents, and like knowing that I can give to people and like for example like I think one of the biggest goals for me is to like earn enough money and like take them like to like to like world tour like to mm -hmm. see like make them mm -hmm. see a lot of things and knowing that I can impact people and knowing that like I have all of this like people in my life and at some point like having this purpose of like working and maybe in future having like ability to give not only take from people it's really beautiful yes. that I can like yes. like I can draw some purpose from that. Although I think there are like much more things which like I usually like probably I'm not aware of, and like even simple things which make me happy in everyday life. I think it's it's beautiful to like to be to have an ability to be happy and like have an ability to like have all of the things I have and like like to see and breathe and like that's yeah. that's amazing. And I also like I. I just like now that I talk about this, I realize that I don't usually think about this. But like when you actually think about all of this, like people who surround me and things that I can do, I'm really happy because of that. And I, I re I'm really grateful. Yeah. And I realized that like, I really realized that when I was in Michigan, I had like the brother with Down syndrome. And I realized that I am so privileged to like be healthy and mm -hmm. have this yes. like, ability. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing that I, can use my potential to like actually help people and like have all of those people in my life and like live the moments and um, like get the best out of my life. I really love 
young, smart people. And Nazar, it's been such a pleasure talking to you on the show. Sure. Thank you for coming sure. on. Sure. We need we need more of these really powerful nineteen year olds that have that have these just beautiful minds that are trying to partake in solving some of the world's biggest challenges and hustling. So thank you for that. And thanks for inspiring others to, to do the same. Sure. That's my pleasure. Love it. Love it. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We greatly appreciate you. We would love to hear your thoughts in the comments below. Let us know about what we talked about in this episode. Go and talk to other people about it as well. Go and share the good messages. Huge shout out to Ron Vargas, our producer and director. We love you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Also support Nazar, go check out his links in the bio below. Also, support simulation, support us. Our links are in the bio below as well. Also, go and support the artists and entrepreneurs that you believe in. Hook them up, go and help them build, help them create. And build your dreams, manifest your destiny into the world, everyone. We love you so much, thank you, and we will see you soon. Peace.